three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop Public Style Reviews, where you just have the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palette and diversify our playlist. Good evening, everyone. This is Milo live and in stereo, and we're coming at you with your favorite toxic Scorpio mommy, SZA, who is back with another album, SOS. It's been a long time since 2015 when she dropped Control. I was looking at her background on Wikipedia earlier today. I had realized like I'd never even seen what this woman looked like while I was listening to the album. It's got a lot of great content. It definitely is for a particular type of person, but we can get into that as we do our individual reviews. I won't be starting off with my impression. Let's hear from Alan and see what he thought. I'm just going to come right out and say, I think this is better than Control. I think this is this is a really, really solid, great album that I I don't know why I, I didn't expect to love it coming in necessarily. But right from track one, like we get, like, I'm sorry to say it, but we get that soul feeling. We get that old school Kanye type. That sample's familiar metal. And that's, well, if there was one criticism I would have about the album, actually, is that I can tell that she listened to some old Kanye. I can tell that she definitely listened to Astro World, like, quite a bit on this. And then there is even a Travis Scott feature that sounds like, you know, an Astro World era Travis Scott song. So that would be the one thing that I would say. I have a criticism about, but Milo, I think you kind of hinted at like, if you're looking for a particular vibe, kind of a, well, I guess I should say emo influenced at least a little bit. There's a full on pop punk song on this. And, and so if the vibe you're looking for is like dark R and B into trap combined with like sad girl, then you're going to like this. And I'm, I mean, my favorite sad girl ever, Phoebe Bridgers, is fucking on this album. <laughs> and that song is great, and it goes over well. So, yeah, this is... I really, really like this uh, quite a bit. Mark? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, um, or, sorry, hold on. Let me this. So, Control, I don't remember what I was listening to, but I do know that was, like, her album. Like, everyone, if they talked about this, it was like, oh, Control was the shit, you know? And I'm pretty sure that... Is that the one that had, like, the... Uh, song that's famous with the um uh Kendrick Lamar feature I believe or something like that and then she also has like a really famous Kendrick Lamar feature on the Black Panther album I think too but um yeah I just I knew I heard control a lot I mean I, I heard of it a lot and knew people really liked it um but this is my first time ever listening to a full as an album as y'all know if you've ever heard the podcast before I'm not really in R&B so you know that's why that being said this wasn't bad I mean, I personally didn't enjoy it as much as you did, Alan, but uh, so once again, I also just don't like R&B. So, like, for me to think it's not bad is saying a lot. You know, um, uh, I most of the songs would be skips for me, you know, are not memorables. But there's a solid, like, four, maybe five songs where I was like, I'd play this, like, which I did not expect, not even, like, one or two. Um, and, like, I know she typically makes... Not necessarily like heartbreak music, I would say, but yeah, kind of like sad girl a little bit. But this was like legit, like really emo at times. I was surprised at how emo this felt. Um, like I had to listen to Olivia Rodrigo Sour, and though that was definitely more emo, like this, there was like songs in here that like hinted towards that level of just like 
very, very sad girl, you know, almost fierce girl type is. Um, you know, I'm like, well, we'll get into the tracks, but yeah, I was surprised. And the parts I like usually have like really had lyrics that stuck out and were catchy. Um, over like I said, overall wasn't a huge fan, but better than I thought it was gonna be. Marlo. Yeah, so I'm actually genuinely surprised that Mark liked this album. I was not expecting a positive response. This album is a behemoth. It's an yeah. hour and eight minutes long, and it is one vibe, pretty much, except for when we get to the pop punk song. And your average song length is like three minutes, so you really have to be invested in, I guess, slow-moving, introspective, R&B of listening to someone just pour their heart out over these really somber, you know, musical numbers. If that is not, I'm, I'm dead serious. This is like a really, this is like a driving, a driving album. You could put this on for a long trip. Uh, hopefully you make it to your destination at the end of that trip. I hope you're not going through anything that's too crazy in your life while you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. The, the vocal technique on Scissor's part, it definitely is it's says like you could close your eyes and you would know who's singing. She has a lot of like go-to techniques that you'll hear a lot throughout the album. At certain points I could like predict what note she was going to use next because I was like, well, it's her. And I like, I like her singing. I'm a fan of it, but if you're not a fan of Sis's voice, if you feel like, I don't think this is valid, but people could accuse her of singing in cursive. And if that's not the type of singing you like, then this isn't the album for you. As far as the content, everyone said it. It's really emo. It's really, I, I would even add toxic at certain points. Like there was one line where she straight up said, what was it? She said something like, I don't really care about forgetting I want my lick back or something like that on the song Forgive Less. And those are the sorts of lyrics you get all throughout it. And then some pretty explicit uh, explicit sex lyrics. Like once again, I'm fine with people rapping about sex, but once you start telling me like, where you're going to start putting stuff and what's coming out of what hole. Yeah, I, got, I, I don't really need, <laughs> I don't really need to, I don't need that type of imagery. At any rate, we can go into it song by uh, song by song. I think it's a solid album, pretty consistent all the way through. Uh, I think the intro would be the best part to start with because it had the most noticeable sample. Did anybody else recognize the sample? Yeah. So like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, man, did I definitely recognize the sample. Um, I didn't know where it was from. I didn't know if it was, I thought it was a Kendrick song, like a Kendrick song or maybe a Kanye song, but like I had definitely recognized the sample from somewhere. It's from another I, Scorpio. Who, who I don't it? actually know what it is. Who Aubrey is Graham. Wow, is that nigga Drake? CLB. <laughs> That's why I do it. Champagne <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> it's the second half of, of Champagne Poetry. That's why oh, I was cool. like, I was like, damn, I was like, dude, I definitely, so I didn't listen to that song that much. That's why I was like, I definitely fucking recognize the goddamn, um, that sample. But So I feel like, as a side note, I feel it's saying on Genius that it's listened by Beyonce. Um, so, so I don't know, probably maybe Drake used, used that as well, but mm. at, at any rate. Um, the first song for me, I thought was cool. Like it didn't. It, it only stuck out because of the sample. Like, uh, it wasn't a bad intro for me, but, like, it wasn't, like, anything I would queue up. But, like, it, I thought, like, it definitely gave up the intro vibe, which it should be doing. So, yeah. I 
I think one of the, the reasons why it like kind of hit me that I was going to like this album more was because for an intro, she's like, she does one long verse, mm -hmm. I think. And I don't know that I was necessarily expecting that. Like, obviously, I come in and I'm expecting like, all right, I'm going to get some good vibes. I remember actually the last thing that I heard Cezanne that I really, really liked was on the Isaiah Rashad album. She was on mm -hmm. one of the, the lead singles off of that. And that's kind of been where my mind has gone. But she, there's a lot of like real rapping on this album. And that's really all of what the first track is. So immediately I'm feeling like I'm brought back to, to some of my favorites, like the college dropout, where it's like this kind of sound with like good rapping that I find creative and different. It's like hitting those same notes. Obviously, it's not the college dropout, but it's kind of bringing me back, if that makes sense. And we back, and we back. And yeah, she, she has some basketball lines on this, too, and I'm reading it. Um, she says, or just some sports lines in general. She says, can't hit a bitch for free. I'm going off the bench like I'm Brady. I'm pressing niggas like I'm Katie. <laughs> I'm like, hey! Um, and then, like, from the very get-go, like, as soon as she... I, Right after she says, last night I cried, which is how she starts the album, she goes, give me a second, give me a minute, not a little bitch, can't let you finish. Yeah, that's right, I need commissions on mine. All that sauce you got from me, all that shit I gave for free, I want it back, I want it back. So, like, already, like, very beginning, starting off with the whole, like, you could, like, it's not even, it's not even, it's like her and an ex. And, like, multiple, multiple times in this album, you will hear her mention her ex and how she feels about her ex and this about her ex and, like, so she definitely got some feelings towards some nigga, bro. <laughs> like, you know, but um, and then uh Milo with the horny lines <laughs> at the end or towards the end, she says, um, I'm organic with my fresh grease, I'm dumping like fresh squeeze, I'm horny like suck these, so daring like touch me and whatnot. So, you know, she wants to be loved. I get it. I feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. And they're like lines talking about being like butt naked at the MGM. Mm, I guess the MGM mm, brand. Yeah. Hotel. Dude, when you date in Drake, you probably butt naked a lot of places. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um, the next song was a song that I probably argue is my favorite off the album. I loved Kill Bill. Kill I loved good. it. I thought it so good. I loved the chorus. Uh, I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. Like she says it in like a really sing-songy voice, which is creepy. Like she doesn't like like it's um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like like it's not very angry. She's the way she says it, and it's not or it's not like aggressive. It's very lighthearted. Just like she's like tumbling the idea in her head. I might kill my ex. Like whatever. I was just like it's just it's dark. I don't know. Um, and yeah, the, the whole chorus is I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. His new girlfriend's next. How to get there? Um, I might kill my ex. I still love him though. Rather be in jail than alone. God damn, bro. I swear to God, that sounds like what's written by Juice World, bro. <laughs> like, that's 100% like Juice World level, like emo lyrics, you know? Well, you guys know the like the term incel and how, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and kind of the connotations. I feel like this has been the year for girl boss fan cells, just like <laughs> fucking owning that they hate that some dude that they're stalking fucking has a new girlfriend and just like. Uh... The most toxic way that they can and it's mm -hmm. kind of like interesting to hear that other perspective anyway i'm sorry for that tangent <laughs> that's funny 
Yeah, this track was giving. I thought about killing you, but I wouldn't <laughs> even kill myself, and I love myself. So you're. That's the energy it had. Obviously, Tiz has a way better voice than. That pre-chorus is solid too. I'm so mature. I'm so mature. I'm so mature. I got my therapist to tell me there's other men. I don't want none. I just want you. If I can't have you, no one should. That's like, yeah, this is straight toxic level. Like, like Juice Roll, Eminem, even old Tyler vibe. Like, this is giving off that, like, very much. Like, yeah, if I can't have you, I'm gonna, you're gonna die. Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah that's nobody. funny because this actually lyrically is like the closest thing to like fucking mid-2000s Eminem. Yeah. But just like from the pe- from a p- female perspective. <laughs> a black female perspective instead. Um, yeah. The intersectionality that... of toxicity. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the title for this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> intersectionality of toxicity. Um, I liked how she switched it a little bit on the very last line too um, where she says, or la- very last chorus where she says, I just killed my ex. Not the best idea. Killed his girlfriend next. How'd I get there? I just killed my ex. I still love him though. Rather be in hell than alone. So I was just like, it's, it was, um, yeah. Um, I did all this. You know what? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I I will never stop referencing Kanye. And that's just a part (laughs) of my, my being, but do you guys remember the flashing lights music video where Kanye, like, it's directed mm-hmm. by Spike Lee, and Kanye is in the back of the car, and like a stripper is going to beat him to death with a with a shovel and then bury him. I like to think of like this song is like her perspective. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to like make my own lore and my own fanfic of Kanye and SZA in that music video, because it's doing the same shit, and I really like it. Flashing lights was. For a better song, though. Okay, it, yeah, we'll not, that's yeah. We don't comparing to flashing lights is like a tough, tough act to follow. You know, super hard. Like I don't know how you're supposed to. Really oh no, no! You don't even like flashing lights. In fact, you don't even like graduation that much. Mm-hmm. I mean. Which one did I like the most? I think it was... Um, it was Life of Pablo. You, you like Pablo. Well, I, I mean, I know I like... I'm sorry, I made out the original trilogy. Um, I think it was Late Registration. That's the one that had the most rapping Underrated. On it. Underrated, That was the one that had yeah. the most on it that I liked a lot. And something about crack? Was it crack music or something like that? Crack music. <laughs> that shit was hard. I said something about crack. <laughs> crack. Yeah, you know, crack he comes out as anti-Semitic hard, and now you love Kanye, huh? <laughs> No, I hold back on the podcast. I said it. Crack music was hard, bro. Um, All right, audience, you can scroll up. Go. <laughs> we can find out. Go to the uh, Kanye side dish part one. Yep. From um, two, almost three years ago. <laughs> and, uh... Um, the last thing I was going to mention on the bridge. It's weird, dude. So, like, I mean, I didn't even realize how toxic it was. I'm reading this now. So, in the bridge, she's saying, "I did it all for love." I did it all, no drugs. I did all of this sober. I did it all for us. So, like, she's not even saying this is, like, a drugged out mentality state where I'm just high and I'm, like, feeling. She's like, no, I'm sober right now. And I want to kill you and this new bitch you have. And I'd rather be, you know, in jail or in hell than alone. Like, I don't know. I just, it just, it just kind of, like, 
I like when people could use descriptors to the descriptors to add to, you know, whatever the overall content is, um, which is what I liked a lot about um um faces with Mac Miller, which every line mm. was a small description of what the bigger thesis was, you know. And I feel like SZA kind of does that on this track really well. And it, yeah, I totally agree with you guys. One thing, Milo, you brought up that I definitely like resonated with was talking about how it's kind of a creepy contrast between how dark the lyrics are and almost childlike, almost nursery-like mm-hmm. kind of beat and instrumental. And like when you get that kind of like really dark with just like over the top cutesy, you get kind of a nice middle vibe that's just like a little twisted. And I think it works really well here. I agree. Um, Were there any other notable tracks out of this 23-track project? <laughs> All right. You guys are required to love the song Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so I, I would say that the whole middle section of the album is like where it is the darkest, where it is the most toxic. And I mean, right right in the beginning with with fucking the first verse i'm looking at the lyrics here everything disgusting conversation so boring i hate her i don't agree i did it first i give a fuck and just everything Uh, at this point is just like incredibly down and if i had to describe the way that the song feels it would be just like being in darkness being at your lowest and that's when bringing someone in like Phoebe Bridgers is just like awesome because people always describe her voice as being as being so ghostly. And she just brings kind of an awesome, awesome dark vibe to this. Um, there's not really anything lyrically as I'm looking back that kind of like sticks out. But I just really love the way that Phoebe's used, the way that they both sing the chorus and the pre-chorus together at the end which leaves it just feel really ethereal and haunting. Uh, Milo, you're required to like this, so why was the song awesome? Well, you're not required to like this. I, in fact, so this song, it's funny, I'm looking at the likes. So I liked the song before this, and then I liked the song after this. This particular song, to me, was a let play. and It wasn't a skip. It was just the ethereal vibe that you're talking about was so listless and low key and subtle that it really just amounted. You're not going to like this, but it served better as background music than something that I I don't like that. That triggers me engaging. So, yeah, I, I hate to say the song that came after this F2F, I ended up liking and the song prior I was cool with, but. And what other Phoebe Bridgers? What other projects did we hear her on, dude? Because she was on Kid Cudi three, Man on the Moon like, Part three. Okay, can you remember one? I feel like there was another one. Maybe I'm mixing her up with someone else. She wasn't on. She wasn't on No Ceilings three. That that right? She was not on No Ceilings three. No, dude. No Ceilings three. No, oh no, no, no. Hard. hard was she on um Don FM? No. I, I think you must be thinking you just must be thinking of like another white sad girl. 
Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I didn't find her vocals. I didn't even realize that. Once again, I didn't realize that uh, the feature was there. They just all blended together. I can Maybe Mark had feel a that criticism of just like, I can see how if you're not just like so fucking much of a stan of Phoebe Bridgers and it just like fucking wakes me up that it could just kind of be a little pleasant while it's on kind of cool but ultimately not sticking out between like like you mentioned the song after this is the the pop punk song and yeah that yeah. one i enjoyed but mark what'd you think about ghost in the machine so i said meh originally just I like I mean, once again this is all like first listen shit just what came in and on my ears so which is kind of like nothing stuck out as i was, I was listening to it um but it wasn't like a bad level you know it was just like a yeah, like it sounded good in my ears, but like then it's nothing stuck out in my ears. So um I'll probably have to it. give it a couple more listens. But looking at it lyrically seems fine. But yeah, I'll just have to check it out one more time. Milo, so you said so actually you know what? I'll actually start with F two F then since we already kind of since Ooh, we already kind yes, of yes, 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 yes. Sorry. we already brought it up. This is one hundred percent a pop punk song. This <laughs> was inspired just as much by like Blink 182 as it was by Drake, in my opinion. Mm. And, you know, there's a part of the reason why I think that MGK gets a lot of hate in the pop punk sphere is because he just does everything so generically, so generically. Mm-hmm. But on F2F, like, you're getting like the same level of just like unique songwriting. That says it brings on all of her, just like on all the rest of this album, is is on this, but it just like translates over so well because we're already saying the same things like I fuck him because I miss you, I fuck him because I really miss you, I fuck him because I miss you, and that's just mm-hmm. the fucking most teenage emo shit I've heard, but it just works so well with kind of the vibe that you accumulated through this mm-hmm. that as soon as I heard the like drop D tuning guitar power chords, I it fit right in and normally when a rapper does that it's it's fucking how to love and it's not very good but it works here it it really does your vendetta against that song okay all right all right well i i yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't even bring that up i don't want to taint how good f to f is with a song that's fucking 11 years old that no one has actually listened to in 10 years milo what'd you think about f to f I thought this is an excellent song. It was just as, uh, I guess, surprising as when, not Kenny Beats, what is dude's name? Kenny Mason. Not Kenny James. Kenny Mason, there we go. When he hit us with Play Ball. And it yes! just came out of yes! the nowhere. I was about to say that. <laughs> so I thought her voice was perfect for the genre. The I, you can You can say that the chords are generic. That's fine. But for some reason, in this instance, it works. I, I agree with Alan. It works far better than whatever you get from MGK or other uh, others who, other artists who are just producing music to make sound. It the feeling of it. It sounds like it could be the end credits to a movie. Like if you were going to take this to another level and write like a screenplay of you know like the, take the kids from Dope for example, who have their own mm. pop punk band. If you were to make like a movie about, I don't know, success of their band or whatever, this mm-hmm. could easily be on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah, no, I so also I'm seeing apparently Lizzo has writing credits on this song. Um but I love the like lyrics and content of it. Um where I mean especially the chorus. Um get a rise out of watching you fall, get a kick out of missing your call. I hate me enough for the two of us. I hate that I can't let go of you enough. This is why I fuck him because I miss you. I fuck him because I really miss you. I fuck him because I miss you. And then this verse two where she says, I just had to get my rocks off. You got no loyalty. You push me till I pop off. Um, I beg for empathy. You give me nothing. Like it was just, I don't know. I, I like the idea of like, um, I'm in so much pain that like I, nothing, nothing I do really gets me over you. Even this new relationship that I'm in or whoever I'm fucking right now. Like I'm just doing it to try to get over you. Um, Cause I miss you so fucking much. Like It's just like, like I, y'all know me. I love Juice World. I love the heartbreak rap. And so like, if you're going to get me into like, you know, female hip hop R&B, like this would be the way to do it. <laughs> this would be like the transition, easy transition for me of make some emo, sappy, like toxic heartbreak shit. And I could probably bear it, you know, but yeah, no, I love the pop punk like aesthetic to this too. Like I think she killed it. She did it super well. All that said, I don't know if this is a criticism, but I thought about it. It's been in the back of my head and talking about the content of the lyrics Alan mentioned it earlier when he said that it's like the most teenage I've ever heard. I wonder if SZA at her grown age of 33 should be like, I don't know. It doesn't give girl boss. It it sounds like you should be thinking about a 401k rapping about NFTs. <laughs> right, Alan? Crypto? Definitely shouldn't be rapping about <laughs> NFTs. Definitely not. (laughs) I don't know. It's just like, I feel like if this was a male rapping about just like the same stuff and he was 33, we wouldn't really be mentioning that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. People do be asking why Drake acts like he's 25, though, when he's 40. Because Drake's been doing it for 16 years. How old is Drake? Drake's in his 40s, right? Is he really? Well, that nigga was like 30. No, no, no. You no, would no. get that impression be right, because of how he'd be acting. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I also <laughs> think, it, I think, I think it's just because I'm thinking of the line from my favorite song of CLB fucking fans where he said, nigga left his 20s and I still want to party. So I'm assuming in my head he just left his 20s. That's the only reason I'm thinking that. But no, it makes sense. Like that nigga was popping off when I was in like junior year of high school, sophomore year of high school. So he definitely has to be older than 30. <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> and he was already on TV before that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. I'm wrong. He's 36. So you're right. You're right, Mark. He is 36. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so, so that makes sense. Round up. Sense. Yeah, a few years older than me. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think for me, it's just that, like, the Drake, Drake has been doing it for so long. I don't, I don't know. He, I was really thinking the other day, like, in terms of, like, hip-hop and rap goats like and for people who are considered goats like it is rare like and like like though like like even with kendrick and like this is the only thing i would give drake over kendrick in my personal opinion is that like kendrick was able to be on top and like be considered the best rapper for the most part but it was dropping like an album here or get my city two years later the butterfly uh it was longer years later than that uh, yeah yeah, two or three years later, then damn. And then 
six year hiatus and then this album which i didn't think was the greatest but whatever um but drake i mean that nigga has been dropping if not an album at the very least features or collab albums every year for the fucking past 10 years and that nigga stayed on top like it's hard to drop that consistently and people like recognize you because you have too many you have more chances to fail whereas kendrick can kind of do the whole mysterious like i'm dropping every so often you know and whatnot whereas like if, if kendrick dropped as much as drake would it still be as good you know which i mean i would argue yeah but nevertheless you know that's something i will give to drake is that that nigga has been the number one or number two dude for the last 10 plus years at this point and uh like niggas still care about getting him on a feature he's still the nigga you want to he's if his album drops it's gonna be album of the year contender still like it's just like not too many niggas do unless that, you're so. unless you're honestly never mind but unless you're, unless, unless you're honestly never mind but other than that yeah like so one underrated um, like little thing about drake that i wanted to mention is that Drake's first album only came out four years after Kanye's first album. But we think of Kanye as, like, so really? much older. That's crazy. Right? Because College Dropout came out in 04, and then what, Nothing Was the Same, I think this is called, came out in 08? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one of the, like, underrated things about Drake. Just, like, you think of Drake as relatively, like, someone who really like is a more fresh face than someone from the 2000s but drake like blew up in the 2000s you know and has been on top since i think you mean take care came out no way because take nothing care, was the yeah. same definitely yeah okay yeah did anyone like conceded that was math for me personally that was math yeah alan yeah, uh, I, I unfortunately the same thing didn't really have any like big thoughts one way or the other. Okay, fair enough. It was a fun song. Anyone listening should check it out. It's got a nice little bounce to it. I thought it was a little more a little more upbeat than the rest. Not as upbeat as the pop punk song, but. Mm. Um, what did y'all think of going back earlier in the album? The song "Low," that shit had a beat to it. Like that shit had like almost like not a full trap beat, but I had some of those trap drums in there, which had me kind of like bouncing a little bit. It was a pretty short song, it wasn't long, but um, did, do y'all have any memory of that or any thoughts on it? Or, well, I'm just so I'm like I don't know if I'm frustrated, but this is like the song I was like, this is Astro World, mm, and then I was like, okay, wait, that makes that's sense. Literally Travis that makes Scott. sense. Yeah, like, the whole there's a Travis I Scott. Reason why I had that criticism because like. And maybe it's more a Travis Scott thing that whenever he's featured, he's like, all right, this has to be fucking sounding like Astro World all the time. But I don't know. I think it could, like, I love Astro World. So I actually mm-hmm. like the song as well. But it's just, it's funny that you actually ended up liking it, Milo. No, I have no memory of this song, Mark. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I thought it was fun. Um, let me see if there's anything special about it in the description. I know nothing about it. Um, well, what do y'all think of the Don Tolliver feature used? Particularly you, Milo. You didn't even know. That's the thing. I didn't. It came and went. It was only after I like looked at the track list that I saw that there was a Don Tolliver feature. Oh, okay. In fact, if I remember, um, well, I remember when I heard the male voice, I was like, oh, I don't know about this song. 
I think uh-huh. Don Tolliver just like, well, well, I guess I'm going to say the exact same thing as I say about Travis, but in a different way. That just every time Don Tolliver's on a song, it just sounds like every song with Don Tolliver on it for me. Yeah. They, they sound the same to me. Like, I, I can't, like, his features sound the same to me. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't fuck with him like that, but. And that's just funny, too. It, well, I think it just goes to show how, like, I always relate back to how fucking much I listened to Astroworld because I always think of, like, the first time I heard him was on Astroworld 2. First time I not heard him but heard of him was that Jack Boys project, but Travis Scott. Um, oh, Pop, yeah, I forgot Smoke, about that. Travis Scott, Pop Smoke, and Don Tolliver. And, like, the only reason I remember hearing about I didn't even listen to the project, but I remember people kept saying that Don Tolliver was the highlight of that project. People kept saying that. And so that's all I remember. Um, I forgot all about that shit. <laughs> was that good or no? No, that's no, no. It's <laughs> I forgot all about that shit. What indication was there that it was good? <laughs> there was one song called "Out West" I really liked, but it was kind of corny. The Travis Scott feature on this album was horrible. Auto-tuned garbage. But that's just like. That's Travis Scott, though. He's, I, don't, I feel like he's never been like the best rapper. I have no idea why she decided to feature him, especially in light of his history. Maybe, you know, it seems like Kendrick Lamar went and featured someone on his album who had some pretty questionable moral standards. And now everybody's decided we had a, a Travis Scott feature on this one. Who was on the last album we, that we just reviewed? Do y'all remember? Mm, what's that? It was on the the not Kenny Beats. What's his face? Metro Boomin. Oh, there's a man. There's a lot of people. There was some uh, Chris. Uh, you, well, Chris I mean, John Tolliver no, was a, a, John Tolliver was on the Metro Boomin album too. He had like two or three. Travis Scott was on the Brown? Metro Boomin album, right? Chris Chris yeah. was on it. Chris Brown was on a, the song with Future, but Don Tolliver had like two or three songs on the Metro album. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we've kind of just moved past that with Travis Scott at this point I feel like a lot of like social media has yeah um I think until what's it what's it uh Utopia comes out until Utopia comes out I think it's just he's laying low low key basically but he's had like a few features he's like easing his way back in but not making yeah you know which I think is like the right way like give it some time to like calm down like the Kanye thing happened. Like other things take people's attention yeah. and then, mm-hmm. you know, then come back and, you know, let people forget that eight plus people died at your concert, you know? Yeah. If, uh, if, Con- if the biggest rapper of the 2000s out here praising Hitler, I feel like we can excuse SZA <laughs> for having Travis Scott. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think, I definitely don't think any hate should come to her. I would just, I I don't know maybe you know you listen to Travis Scott's project more I don't he says I have a prior I don't even think they're from the same like he's from Texas right she's from St Louis mm-hmm. so it was just weird to me I mean the, I mean but Travis Scott's a like huge a, like huge artist who like whose music I for sure think influenced this album hella but you don't you don't see the Astro World vibes on this Milo. 
I'm going to be honest. With you, I didn't enjoy. It. We listened to Rodeo, right? We we did no, Rodeo we for the podcast. We Wait, did, did we do okay. Astro World too? We might. Oh yeah, so I thought we did Astro World. I don't even know. We didn't do Astro World. We did Acid Rap to settle the whole. Oh, that's right. Big we day. did Rodeo. We didn't do Days Before Rodeo, and we didn't do uh, Astro World. We just did Rodeo. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't heard of Astro World, and I wouldn't go listen to it based off of really? Rodeo. Astro World, as we regardless of like even before I even before I started fucking with Travis Scott, like Astro World, regardless of whether I even like it or not, is easily easily one of the top ten defining hip hop albums of the 2010s. Like easily, I think. Um, like when it came out, and for the couple of years to follow, like. Niggas oh, dude, I about, hella agree. I've never thought about that, but I niggas talk niggas talked about Astroworld like that was like the like 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 the fucking album. I mean, I was like he damn near. I mean, he he named his festival after it, basically. You know, so like mm-hmm. that's like, like like it really was an album that not was only hyped, but like I mean, for most people lived up to the hype of being like. Travis Scott was already becoming that nigga, and it kind of like solidified him as like that nigga for a generation. Like after. Astral World is when he got, you know, the Fortnite shit. Like, it's like, that was like the shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Alright, I think we've, we're pro- we're rambling pretty far, so we want to yeah. uh, wrap this up here. Yeah, let me just see if there's anything else. We did F2F. Um, well, oh, I like the hook on shirt. I thought that was pretty good. Um, what was it? Um, was it the hook that I like? Or, let's see. Oh. oh, this is a little bit. I'm looking at it. Blood stain on my shirt. New bitch on my nerves. Old yeah. nigga got curved. Going back to my work. Damn, yeah. dude, she's so thirsty. Yeah. Yep. Still don't know my worth. Still stretching to perfection. Let you all know my mental. Oh, that's another thing I've noticed she's been doing on this album a lot. Is um, like she talks about you know meeting with therapists multiple times. She talks about her mental health. Like like she's very open in the fact that like her mental health was like not in a good place. And, like, I mean, obviously, you can tell by the lyrics, like, in terms of, like, what she's talking about other shit. But, I mean, like, directly, she says, you know, talks about, like, her mental health is stretching, you know, like, you know, looking, trying to find her work, so like that. Um, she talks about, you know, I think there's even, like, an inter- not an interlude, but there's one song where, like, there's actually, like, a therapist speaking for, like, a second or two, you know. Um, I can't remember what track it was, but, yeah. Something else I know. Top Dog about. probably saved saved money having a therapist come on a Kendrick's album and Sizz's album. <laughs> probably they just have not. a therapist on the <laughs> on the TDE payroll. I bet exactly for real, for real. Before we wrap it up, then I just want to mention smoking on my X Pack and Forgiveless. Oh, and Forgiveless. The old dirty bastard feature is it basically sounds like a voicemail. At first, I thought it was just a voicemail, but that is the feature. And it's as good as Old Dirty Bastard is. I I don't care for him. Oh, it's perfect. But uh, Sizzle's Sizzle rapping is, I think, really good. That's uh, that's the one from the that had the line, I don't care about no consequences. I just want my lick back. Mm-hmm. And she goes in on that song, Forgive Less. And then Smoking on My X-Pack. To be fair, I feel like it feels more like an interlude. At any rate, she's still rapping it's on short. that. It's short. And yeah, it's really like short. And she goes in. She's got a couple bars. Uh, gas and niggas like Texaco. So, anyways, check those two out. Those are two notable notable ones for me. Who wants to start off the spiceometer? I will. Yeah, I say this thing's fucking spicy. We've been saying like it's long. I know, I know that, but just like 
every song is fucking fun or is like fun in a toxic way. I think spicy. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a spicy too. I think it's solid. Vocal technique is solid, even in the places where she's rapping. It's solid. The production is the production is not offensive anywhere throughout the album. It's all pretty much a let play, far superior to whatever that BS Brock Hampton dropped was not too long ago. <laughs> you said that BS Brock Hampton dropped. That's, um, that's yeah. a homophobic criticism. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just because they got a gay leader, damn Milo. Yeah, come on, Milo. Uh, thought you was better than that nigga. We could be black yeah, man. We gotta be better, bro. We can't be homophobic no more. <laughs> I like the family. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, I say, I mean, I'm gonna give this a spicy. To be honest, like even regardless, like the fact that I liked it at all, and like multiple yeah. songs. Like shows that this is worth the spicy, in my opinion. And like, it wasn't just the fact that like, oh, I liked how it sounded. It sounded pretty like full to my ears, but like, it sounded cool to my ears. And I fucked with the message in it. You know, it's just you know. So, yeah, I thought I'll, I'll give it a spicy too. All right, two tracks for the album for the play. playlist. I'm taking a look at the track list and. Uh, all right, I'm gonna fucking nominate F2F, and I'm also gonna nominate Kill Bill. Yes, I mean those would be my two. Those would be my two. Yeah, those would be my two. F2F and Kill Bill. <laughs> okay, well, F2F and <clears throat> Conceited would have been my choices, but those are the two. You have Mark, been gerrymandered would you like to out. Introduce, would you like to introduce Wax Soul, uh, Ab Soul yo, yo, Project? Don't, don't you ever say Wax <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Anywho, so the greatest TDE member of the whole clan um, is... Baby just, Keen. <laughs> all right. Just <laughs> dropped his album, uh, Herbert, and that is Absol. So Absol, um, you know, definitely an important member of TDE very early on and currently still. He hasn't been up so much in our limelight. Your casual rap fan probably won't know Absol. He hasn't been on any features really for a few years for the most part, except maybe one or two here and there. So, like, he's been kind of out of the right rap scene for a minute. Um, but, and we'll tell you why on his next on the next you know, episode. Because um, um, he said some shit in an interview, so it's kind of really sad about, you know, but led up to this recent project. And so, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Absol's one of my favorite rappers. So expect to hear a lot from me next weekend. I think regardless of whether we like the album or not, like there should be a lot of content for us to dissect because that's Solo himself. He, he He's the prophet, Black Lip prophet, baby. So, all right. That TDE uh, therapist about to be doing <laughs> right. the, the third one of the year. They're just paying for the paid. year. He's on contract work. I know all about that, man. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Peace. Yeah.